If you were given $1 million and you had to spend it all in one day on consumable items, could you do that? I hear you guys say, I'd like to try, right? What if you were stranded in, in the middle of an ocean and you were clinging to a life preserver and you had to, to hold on to that life preserver for three days before being rescued? Could you do that? What if you were given a ring, one ring to rule them all, and you had to take it deep into Mordor? All right, well, I was watching Lord of the Rings with my kids this week, so diligence, perseverance, the ability to, to stick with it, to see things through. Great movies are made of these kinds of attributes. They, they seem to be elusive to most of humanity, and I think you and I both would agree that uh, we sometimes struggle with follow-through. We struggle sometimes with, with being consistent and seeing things through. I wonder if you, like me, if you've started something that you haven't completed. Our parents always told us, don't start something that you can't finish, but yet our shelves are filled with unfinished books, our garages are packed with unfinished projects, and our to-do lists are full of unfinished tasks. And we have a lot of excuses for why we don't complete things. Now, let, let's just be honest, <clears throat> because it does us no good to, to fake it, right? Though we don't want to feel bad about our unfinished work, we all would have to admit that we have it. There's things in our life that we've not finished. And what we're talking about today is this attribute, this, this uh, virtue of diligence. Diligence is what separates um, good intentions from good results. And it's what we are looking at today. Scripture tells us that, that God is not a respecter of persons, now, it doesn't mean that he doesn't respect us or love us. It means that, that he doesn't treat us differently. He treats us all with the same love, with the same compassion. He gives us all the same good gifts. What he does for one, he'll do for all. And so these key factors on um, success or accomplishment aren't about God. He's, he's consistent. They fall to us. Are we able to follow through? We have a lot of excuses for not completing things. And so whether it's that we lose patience or we lose interest or it gets too tough or it gets too costly, whatever the reason, mankind has always struggled with finishing and yet we found it very easy to blame our, our lack of finishing on just about everything except ourselves. Now, come on, listen, not anybody in here is even smiling right now. You blame all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of reasons why you don't finish, and you come up with the craziest reasons why. And yet, we still have come, we, we've got to come face to face with this. God calls us to see things through. And so that's what we're looking at today as we continue on this series. Um, we're looking at this virtue of diligence. And again, it's what separates good intentions from good results. Proverbs 13, verse 4, tells us that the soul of a lazy man desires but has nothing. Now, pause right here. 
the soul of a lazy man. This is a lazy man. He desires. He wants something, but he has nothing. He wants, but he has nothing. But the soul of a diligent shall be made rich. Now, this, this sermon today is not about getting rich. You could say, though, that it is about persistence, seeing things through. It's not just that you want something as the lazy man desires something, but diligence is seeing it through, seeing it completed so that you actually receive the fruit of those things. Perhaps one of the most famous speeches in all of history was delivered by Winston Churchill at Harrow School in Great Britain, and in it he said, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in. Now, in today's culture, we might call it something else. We might call it uh, stick-to-itiveness. We might call it uh, keep on keeping on. You can, you can find whatever phrase or vernacular you want to use, but it's this, this concept, this virtue of diligence. So as we start, as we embark on this sermon today, let me ask, are you diligent? Are you diligent? We're going to define what diligence is, and we're going to look at how that applies to our life today. Diligence is an engraver's tool. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about what character looks like, and it's, it's our lives being etched and shaped, being engraved. And diligence is what is required to see this engraving happen. It only happens when we, we stick to it, when we're consistent, when we're steady. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It's a passage we looked at a couple weeks ago as well. It says this, and besides this, he's talking about faith. Besides faith, give all diligence, add, your, add to your faith virtue. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You could say it this way, diligently add these virtues to your faith. Diligently add virtues to your faith. In order for character traits, the ones that we're talking about in this series, and, 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 and this is really just a small sampling of them, there are so many character traits in your life that, that you've heard of, that you see, that we could identify. We could make a, a huge list of character traits. But in order for those traits to become true character in our life, it requires diligence because character is not a one-time stand or a single bow of the knee. It is a constant engraving in your life. There are things that we desire. There are character traits that you would desire, but you don't have them because you haven't been diligent in them. Now listen, I'm preaching to myself here, okay? There are things that you and I want in our life, but we don't have them yet because we haven't been diligent to see those through. There's certainly hard work that's involved, but ultimately, a diligent life is a peaceful and a satisfying life. And that's because at the end of the day, diligent people have this settled sense inside that they have done what they've needed to do. Have you ever gone to bed with a nagging feeling of things that you didn't accomplish that day? 
Have you ever looked at your to-do list and it just caused a little bit of anxiety? Like, I, I, I keep putting this off. I, I had to air some dirty laundry on, uh, out on the first service. I have brakes on my car that have needed replaced for two weeks. So if you hear somebody squealing as they drive down Broadway, that's probably me. The, and, and I've been putting them off. And there's always reasons. Now, come on. Can I get an amen on that? You guys are leaving me up here today all by myself. There's always reasons why I'm not going to get my breaks done. There's always reasons why you're not going to do the things that you really need to do. And when you go to bed at night, that waits on you. You feel it. It causes anxiety. Diligent people, a diligent life is a peaceful life because you know that you have done the things that you needed to do. It's a, it, diligence is something that we should desire. It's something that we should pursue, that we should go after. So let's talk about what diligence is. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who continually go after him. And this is going to be a cycle that we're going to see today in our message. Diligence is required for success. The word diligence here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, is taken from a Greek word, exetio, and it means to zealously seek for something with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And it presents this picture of a person who, who seeks something so passionately and so determinedly that he exhausts all of his power in that search. He goes after it. He spends everything he has in order to see it through and in order to accomplish it. Scripture often uses these synonyms for diligence. Persistence. Faithfulness. Steadfastness. Discipline. It's equally important for us to note what diligence is not. Diligence is not this driven, anxiety-ridden perfectionism. You ever struggled with perfectionism? You don't have to raise your hands today. At least not on that question. Perfectionism. That is an unbalanced life that becomes counterproductive. That's not what diligence is. Don't confuse drivenness with diligence because diligence is being faithful to what God has called you to do. You did. You saw it through what God asked you to do. You could say it this way. Diligence is doing your part while trusting God to do his. So what does diligence look like? Today we're going to look at four faces of diligence. We only have eight blanks to fill in. Last week we had 10, so this is a downsizing, okay? We can do this today. Eight blanks. There's four faces of diligence that we're going to look at. The first is that diligence is constant. Diligence is constant. God is calling us to be steady and continual in our life. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul um, admonished the church for always being constant in their ministry, being steady in their support and in their lives. He admonished them for that. In Acts chapter 5, verse 42, he said, And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. It was constant. It was continual. And that's part of what diligence is, that it's, it's this constant activity. 
that it's not just a, a, a flash in the pan, it's not just a one-time thing, but it is constant. And diligent people are constant and ready. Number two, diligence is instant. It's instant. My dad would say it this way, do it and do it now. You ever said that before? Your parents ever said that for you? Do it and do it now. Diligence not only finishes the job, but it does so without unnecessary delay. We find reasons to not do it now. Your excuses can be all over the place. My, I have my own. I have my own excuses, but we find reasons why we should not be instant. My son Braden is 11 years old and he needs to shower all the time. <laughs> but he does not like to shower at all. So the other day I went downstairs and I said, Braden, you need, need to get in the shower, dude. And he goes, all right. And he sits there and I said, hey, bud, dad just told you you need to get in the shower. And he's like, okay. He's just sitting there. I said, dude, what's, what's up? He goes, well, I'm thinking about it. We, we find reasons not to do things. And sometimes the Lord asks us to do something. And listen, we just want to think about it. We don't want to act on it. We don't want to be obedient. We want to think about it. We know it was the voice of the Lord. But we want to think about it. We have other excuses as well for not being instant in what God commands us and what he, what he asks of us. It's a true character-shaping virtue to do it now. We oftentimes joke about procrastination. I saw a t-shirt in the store the other day that said, procrastinators, we are the leaders of tomorrow. <laughs> now listen, this may be hard for you to come to grips with if you're a chronic procrastinator, but procrastination is a lack of diligence. It's a lack of doing it now. There are things that you're still contemplating. There are things that you still need to process. That's okay. But listen, when, when, when God speaks, <coughs> diligence is instant. We can always find reasons to wait. Here's what David wrote in Psalm 119, verse 60. He said, as soon as you command, Lord, I do what you say. That's beautiful, isn't it? But we also recognize how difficult it is. As soon as you command, Lord, I do what you say. See, the diligent people have disciplined themselves to hear from authority and to obey now. Number three, diligence is observant. It's observant. God has called us to be carefully attentive. This is where the phrase due diligence comes from that we are carefully attentive and observant to the things which we have been tasked with. Now that can look like a lot of different things in your life as well. Just the other day I was at a restaurant and my waiter did not fill my drink up. And that's usually not an issue except I was eating hot wings and I needed a drink. I needed a refill on my cherry Pepsi. And the waiter did not come. And finally, after what seemed like 30 minutes, I raise my hand and wave him down. And he comes over, and I said, I need a drink. And he said, oh, man, I didn't even notice. And I thought, I appreciate your honesty, 
However, it's your job to notice. Be diligent. About 10 years ago, I was working at a church in Missouri, and we were, had just started a large building um, project, and, and our, our project manager, I walk into the church one morning, the project manager is, is literally yelling on the phone, and I hear him say this, you're not an engineer, you're an idiot with a crayon, give me somebody that I can talk to. And so I go over and I, and I get the phone from him, and I'm like, holy cow, what's going on? I get on the phone, and this engineer said, hey, we're really sorry. Uh, you guys have already put the steel up and everything, but we forgot to take into consideration the drop ceiling, and so your ceilings are one foot lower than, uh, than you desired. And it was too late to change anything. And my first thought was, dude, this is your job. Be diligent. There are a lot of things that we're responsible for in our life. There's a lot of things that have been entrusted to you. Be diligent in those. See them through. Be instant. But this one of, of being observant, that you do the, the due diligence, do your part, be responsible for what you've been called to do. Don't be sloppy with it. There's a number of passages in Proverbs about diligence. Proverbs 21, verse 5 says this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of the hasty surely to poverty. So there's a difference between being hasty and immediate. If you're hasty, you lack patience, and you're doing things because you want things to happen quickly, and so you take shortcuts often. And that's usually the classic example of that of the people who fall for the get-rich-quick schemes. I want something and I want it now. Proverbs 28, 20 says this, a faithful man will be richly blessed, but he who wants quick riches is going to get in trouble. There's a difference between being hasty and immediate. We can't get hasty. However, we have to exercise due diligence. Do your part. Be faithful to that. Number four, diligence is exact. It's exact. Let me give you a few examples from Scripture. Genesis chapter 6, Noah did exactly everything the Lord had told him to do in constructing the ark. He did it exactly like the Lord had asked him. He didn't modify it. Listen, humanity is the masters of modifying things because we come up with our own twist. Well, Lord, I'll be mostly obedient. Mostly obedient is not obedient. Okay? Exact. Judges chapter 7, Gideon is fighting against the, the Midianites, and he is greatly outnumbered, and yet the Lord gives him some very exact instructions, and in doing these things, he whittles his army down to 300 men. Whoever's afraid, just go home, and they leave. Gideon's like, holy cow, what else, Lord? Well, have them bend over and drink, and those who, who lap it from their hands, they stay. Gideon did exactly what the Lord asked him to do. Even when it didn't really make sense to him, he still followed through. He didn't say, well, I'll take these 300, but let's have another 300 just for backup. That's still only 600, right? Listen, a lot of times we make excuses for not doing exactly what the Lord has asked us to do. First Chronicles chapter 28 gives the detailed plans for the temple. 
God spoke them into the heart of David, and David passed them on to his son Solomon because that's who the Lord said was going to build this temple. David's talking to his son, and he said, be diligent in everything regarding the temple. Build it exactly as the Lord has commanded. There are a number of, of examples throughout Scripture, and I think you probably have some of your own examples. When, when something has been asked, and you came up with your own version of it. It's so easy for us to come up with our own version of what God has asked us to do in our life. That's called compromise. It's not diligence. We compromise what the Lord has asked us to do. Now, usually a compromise would be like an agreement with somebody. To, to, we're on the same terms. We're going to reach a compromise. That's different. Compromise is when you change the plans and you, dis you decide not to follow through exactly as was, was commanded. So diligence is exact. So you could summarize these four by saying this. Do it now. Do it carefully. Do it exactly as instructed. And do it until it's finished. Now listen, that'll preach to your kids. It's really good. The question is, when you turn it back onto yourself, do it now, do it carefully, do it exactly as instructed, and do it until it's finished. In our spiritual lives, diligence is the careful and steady and complete application of God's word in our life. So here, here's my, my next question. Are you there yet? Before you answer that question out loud, one of, uh, one of the, the uh, I would call him a mentor, it's been a number of years ago since he passed away, but a, a, um, a Methodist minister who, who had pastored for 60 years, I had an opportunity to sit underneath him for a season, and, and I asked him, you know, just, you know, I'm a, I'm a young guy aspiring to, to be in the ministry, and like, give me some good stuff, and, and give me some keys, give me some stuff. He said, he said after 60 years, of ministry, I'm still not there yet. There is always more of God's word to apply in my life. Listen, that's not discouraging. That's exciting because God always has more for you. And he's calling you to be diligent and to, to apply his word completely to your life, exactly to your life. Now, that's what his call is. So here's what we're going to look at as we, as we wrap this up. Four arenas of diligence. This is where diligence plays out in your life, okay? The first and the primary area that we're called to be diligent in is our relationship with God. There's a number of scriptures here that I'm going to reference. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, You shall diligently keep the commands of the Lord, your God. Proverbs chapter 8 says, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is looking for people who are coming after him. And not just a one-time flash in a pan, not just when you feel excited one morning and then the next morning you don't, but he's looking for people who are diligently pursuing him. What does that look like? Well, Luke chapter 11, verse 9, uh, gives you a great picture of what it looks like. The familiar passage, I say to you, ask, 
and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You recognize that passage? All right. This is, these Greek words are what's called continuous action verbs. And so the pulse of what Luke is saying here actually looks more like this. This is what it says in the Amplified Bible. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door shall be opened to you. That is diligence when it comes to seeking the Lord. It's continuous action. God didn't say, seek me once, but seek me and keep on seeking. Knock. Keep on knocking. Are you diligent? Are you diligent in your pursuit of God? The second area, the second arena, is at home. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27 says, The lazy man does not roast his game, but the diligent man prizes his possession. I just want you to look at this for a second, okay? The lazy man has something of value but he does not take the time to even care for it. He has game, but he doesn't roast it. He's got food, but he doesn't prepare it. The diligent man prizes his possession. So let me, let me step on a few toes here and on my, on my own as well. God has entrusted you with things. Do you care for those? How are you at managing your finances? It's a diligence question. Uh, what about your auto maintenance? Do you have brakes on your car that need to be replaced? Told you I was preaching it myself. What about your home? Do you have things? Do you just let things go <clears throat> around the house? Do you take care of what God has blessed you with, what he's entrusted to you? You could take it a step further and talk about your family now. God has entrusted, maybe he's entrusted children to you. Are you diligent with your children. Here's what Proverbs 13, verse 24 says He who loves his son disciplines him diligently. Disciplines him diligently. My dad would probably interpret this as keeps on whipping. That's not what the passage says. Disciplines him diligently. This is a picture of somebody who is committed to training their son, discipling them. That's where, that's where we get this discipline from, training and developing them because discipline is motivated by love. This guy's wanting the very best for his son and instead of looking the other way when something needs to be addressed, this parent trains him and disciplines him diligently. He trains him how to live. This is a standing, an ongoing commitment and we have to be consistent and diligent in the, dis in the discipline of our kids. <clears throat> Number three is at work. At work. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, we read that poor is he who works with a careless hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now again, this isn't a sermon about getting rich. It's about the result of diligence in your life. What does diligence produce in you? Scripture tells us that being diligent in your work brings about blessings and abundance. Let's look together at Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. It tells us, whatever you do, 
<clears throat> do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Do your work heartily. Is this a familiar passage for you? Whatever you do, do your work heartily as, as for the Lord, not for men. The word heartily is kind of where I want to focus here because this is a picture of diligence, that you're, you're passionate about it, that you're invested in it, that you see it through. Whatever your job is, whatever you do, be diligent in it as you're working unto the Lord. See, I, I believe that Christ followers ought to be the best workers. They ought to be the most committed. They ought to be the most faithful. They ought to be the most diligent. They ought to be the most hardworking workers. Because unlike our, our, our churches today, God's word actually doesn't delineate between sacred and secular when it comes to these kinds of things. God is not calling you to be diligent in pursuing him, but then to be apathetic when it comes to work. Diligence is a character trait that should permeate your entire being. You're diligent or you're not diligent. God's calling you to, to be diligent at work as well. And he's promised there's blessings that come from it. When you see it through, there's abundance that comes. There's, that, that's the result of it. Our relationship with God should affect the way that we do our work. Whatever you do, whatever your line of work is, Whatever your job, whatever the task is in front of you, do your work heartily as for the Lord. And lastly, number four is in yourself. In yourself. This is an arena of, of diligence. Now, I understand these top three all come out of you. They're, they're part of your life. But here's what this is specifically talking about. Are you diligent in your, your personal affairs, in your personal care, your physical health? your exercise, your diet. This, this will step on toes big time, guys. Your mental health, sharpening your mind, developing your, your, your thinking and your brain. This is a picture of saying God wants the very best version of you. He doesn't want a tired, run-down, lazy, um, inactive version of you. He wants the very best version of you. When you sit down to do your devotions... And you're offering the Lord your leftovers. You're offering him your, your tiredness instead of your attentiveness. That's not being diligent. So does it matter how well you take care of yourself? Absolutely. Listen, if I'm going to offer the very best version of Patrick to my wife and to my children, do I need to take care of me? I absolutely do. I need to be diligent in those things so that I'm offering the very best version of me to those that I love. So be diligent in your personal affairs as well. Proverbs 19:24 tells us a lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. This is a picture of extreme physical laziness. We know that we should take care of ourselves, but we oftentimes find excuses for why we're not. We say things like, it's just a season. I, I just don't have this, or I just don't have that. Diligence, really, if you would summarize it in today's culture and time, diligence is not making excuses anymore. It's doing it. It's what God's called us to do, to be diligent to offer the very best you to the Lord and to your loved ones. Now, this morning, we're going to wrap up and I, I want to summarize this as we, as we move into a, uh, a time of celebrating communion and, and we talk about and reflect on the diligence that Jesus 
modeled for us. But as you evaluate, as your wheels are turning about areas, maybe it's unfinished projects that you're still thinking about. One of the very first things I said was those unfinished projects in the garage. And some of you guys, your brain is still on that unfinished project. Like you never moved off of that, right? Listen, there, there are things, there are things undoubtedly that you're going to have to commit to that you're going to have to stop the excuses and you're going to have to say, I need to finish this. I need to see it through. And I'm not just talking about that, 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 that remodel or that renovation or something like that. We're, we're talking spiritually here. There, there comes this moment when God says, no more excuses. You know I've called you to this. It's time to see it through. You be faithful in what I've asked you to do. I'll be faithful in my job. That's a beautiful picture of diligence and what God is looking for in us. But diligence can't be one of those sideline issues in our life. It will take hard work to be constant and be consistent in your commitments. So how do you develop diligence? Is it something that we can buy at the store that would be so great? Is it something that we can just pray and ask for? One of the very first things is we have to start by recognizing God's persistency towards us. When we're saying that we're reflecting God's image in our life, the prophet Jeremiah wrote, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He is diligent. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. It was Christ's diligence that gave this mercy to us. Scripture says in Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He saw it through. We have to recognize at any moment, Jesus could have said, and I'm finished. I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I think what the beautiful picture is here, just a simple play on words, Jesus never said, I'm finished, but he did say, hanging on the cross, it is finished. I saw this through. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy is you. That Jesus, even though he could have stopped, he said, I'm going to see this through because I love them. And this morning, if you're here today and you've never received that love, the love that Jesus took all the way to a cross and he saw it through for you. I want to give you an opportunity very simply just to say yes to him. So with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if that's you and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, you can pray this prayer to say, Jesus, thank you for your diligence. Thank you for enduring the cross for my sake. Even even when I hadn't extended any love to you yet, you saw it through because of your love for me. And I say thank you for that. And Jesus, I ask today that you would forgive me of my sins and that you would come into my life to become my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you, Lord, I ask you that you would give me the diligence to serve you every day from this day forward. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Listen, that was the most uh, significant part of your morning. If you prayed that prayer, and maybe it was just a recommitment, maybe it was a moment where you just said, it's time to get back on track, or maybe you just said, it's time for me to see this through. I've talked about doing this, I've talked about doing this, I've talked about doing this. 
but it's time to see it through. And that is the most significant part of our whole time together today. In fact, we want to take a moment to be able to just um, to connect with you. And so here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Uh, your connection card today on the back side is a box that says yes. And, and the reason we have these is because we want to be able to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer today, would you take a moment, check that box, and in a few minutes, we're going to have a prayer team up here on both sides of the platform after service. And I would encourage you to take that card to them so that they can begin to pray for you right away. And it gives us an opportunity as a church family to also support you and to surround you and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Would you guys take just a moment here and congratulate those who made that commitment today? <laughs> Drew, if I remember right, this was almost exactly the time that I looked last week when I preached long too. So, so this is the deal. Preachers need to stay with their notes for a lot of reasons, and I need to do that. Let me wrap it up, okay? We're going to go into a time of communion, and it is a moment when we reflect on Jesus who saw it all the way to the end for our sake. He went through a lot of stuff, guys. He endured all kinds of things for our sake. He could have stopped. He could have quit. He could have bailed. He could have unplugged. But he was diligent. He was committed to seeing it through for our sake. And that's part of what we recognize in communion. It's part of what we celebrate today. I want to pray as we transition into that time. If you guys would just bow your heads with me today. Father, thanks again for um, your commitment to us. This faithfulness that we, we aspire to, Lord. We want it in our lives. God, help us to stop making excuses. Help us to just follow through with these things now and pursuing you diligently that we would seek you and keep on seeking you. God, that this would become a part of our nature, a part of our character, who we are, who you, who you developed us to be, that we would be diligent in our pursuit of you, God, that we would model the things that your son Jesus modeled so beautifully and sacrificially for us. We pray these things in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen.